Good morning, friends. Good morning. Shall we begin our worship with some singing? Would you stand and sing with us, please? And one, two, and three, and... week, Susan. Everybody stayed standing for like, I don't know, the whole service. But then I channeled my inner Susan. Thank you. Hi, my name is Cheryl Broom, and I am not Susan, but I am the senior pastor here at Lotus Hills United Methodist Church. I just want to invite you, if you're a first-time visitor, to fill out this blue card, which gives us a little information about you so we can reach out to you. Also, we have a yellow card in your pew backs for prayer request. We're asking you to write your prayers down. On Monday evening, we gather here in the sanctuary. All are welcome to join us where we pray over your prayer request. Not only that, we pray over all the people who come to this church. It's a really rich time. I'll invite you also to look at your bulletin. You may want to take it home because it has all these terrific announcements on the back and dates for important events coming up. So that's here for you today. Sharon, you want to greet us and bring us in? You've got it. Good morning. Hi, my name is Sharon Fitzpatrick, and it's good to be in worship with you this morning. 
We will light these candles as we begin worship to symbolize Christ's presence with us. Will you please stand in body or in spirit as we welcome the light of Christ? Listen now for a word from God. I'll be reading from Matthew 6, verse 21 in the New Life Version. If you'd like to follow along in the Pew Bible, it's on page 882. For wherever your riches are, your heart will be there also. I'll also be reading from 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. Uh, again, in the Pew Bible, it's on page 257. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at the way he looks on the outside or how tall he is, because I have not chosen him. For the Lord does not look at the things man looks at. A man looks at the outside of the person, but the Lord looks at his heart. The word of God for the people of God. All right, let's join together in prayer. Dear Lord, we come into worship with thanksgiving in our hearts. We are grateful that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Guide us to value what you value, to see as you see, and to share our lives as you share the life of your son. Thank you for giving us worth in your eyes. Help us to live as the one you uniquely intended us to be. Help us abide instead of strife, living peacefully and joyfully as heirs to your kingdom and co-heirs with Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, church family. This time we'd like to invite the kiddos forward for their spark moment. Good morning. We all survived the storm this morning, right? Yes. Was it scary? The Boy Scouts survived the storm camping, so praise God for that, because that would not have been fun. Anyway, <laughs> I have a question for you guys. Have you ever heard the phrase, don't judge a book by its cover? Yes. What does it mean? Don't judge it by its cover. It says what it means, right? You can't judge something by its outward appearance, right? Because the cover of a book doesn't tell you the whole story, does it? There's a whole bunch of things that happen between the first page and the last page. And we as humans like to judge things. We like to put it in a box and file it away in our brain. That's how we work. That's how the human mind works. Is it friendly or is it a foe? Is it dangerous or is it safe? And we file it away. We do that all the time. How many times have you looked at a food and you've said, ah, nope, not trying it. That looks gross. Too many times. I don't want to touch it, right? Or you maybe look at uh, clothes and without even trying on something, you say, nope, that's not going to fit me. I don't like it, right? We do the same with entertainment, maybe a TV show or, like we said, a book. We do it all the time in life, right? But God tells us that we cannot judge things by outward appearance. He does not judge things by outward appearance, right? We're lucky by that, aren't we? If God looked at me and said, you know what? She is kind of crazy. I don't know if I can use her. She does not have her stuff together. I would be in a whole lot of trouble, wouldn't I? But instead, he looks at me and says, I see her heart. I don't see the mess that's happening around her. I see what her intentions are. And he blesses me because of that, right? And God has a habit of doing this. I'm not special in any way. None of us here are special in any way. But everyone is special to God. And God will choose people based on what's on the inside and not on the outside, right? The Bible is full of examples. We see King David. We see Ruth. We see John the Baptist who ate 
bugs and dressed in camel skin, right? And he did God's work. We see Jesus who came as a king who wasn't a king and changed the world. So when we are in Spark Worship today, we are going to talk about what it means to focus on our hearts instead of on what our appearances are. And we're going to talk about how God uses people despite everything that the world says is wrong with them. Does that sound good? We're going to sing God's praise. We're going to do an experiment with litmus paper and see if we can judge whether or not something is going to change the paper a different color. And we're going to have a whole lot of fun. Deal? Let's bow our heads, fold our hands, close our eyes, and talk to God. Say, dear Lord. Dear Lord. We thank you for showing us. We thank you for showing us. That appearances don't matter. That appearances don't matter. And we thank you for seeing us. We thank you for seeing us. As we truly are. As we truly are. In your name we pray. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to go straight out the back for Spark Worship. She tempts us every week. Now she has litmus paper. <sighs> Thanks, Jesse. Y'all have fun. <laughs> for our prayer time together, I want to lift before this community um, the Briggs family. They're in mourning for Janet, who we had her service here yesterday, and what a blessing it was to see many of your faces here to show uh, JB the love of Christ and what grace looks like. I saw it in your face. So thank you, and God bless you for that. Also, this city and this world is in such a hot mess, so why don't we spend just a few moments in prayer. Oh, I want to lift the Boy Scouts. Hi, John Den. The Boy Scouts had a camp out here on campus this weekend, and you were out in this storm, weren't you? I asked one of your scouts, do you get a special badge for storms? That's what he said. He said no, and I didn't get any sleep last night. <laughs> so God bless your scouts. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Lord God, thank you for hearing our prayers, the prayers we carry in our hearts and those that we've written down so that others may join us in praying to you. Lord, everything we do, we begin with you. Your inspiration, your continued help, you help us to reach perfection under your guidance and with your loving care. We ask for you to continue to guide us daily. Help us to persevere with love and sincerity Teach us to judge wisely the things of the earth and to love the things of heaven. Keep us in your presence, almighty God, and never let us be separated from you. Your spirit makes us your children, confident to call you our God and King. May your love be the foundation of our life. Teach us to long for heaven and may its promises of hope guide our way on earth until we reach eternal life with you. Hear us as we pray. And now as we pray the prayer Jesus taught his disciples, as we say together, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Jackie DeShannon wrote a song from the words that her mother always said to her. Her mother said, you should put a little love in your heart when things are not so good. So Jackie took this to heart, and her brother Randy and a fellow named Jimmy Holiday put these words to music, and she wrote a song called, Put a Little Love in Your Heart. And it was released in June of 1969. So a couple of you here may not have been around in June of 1969. The song goes like this. It rose to the top charts. It was like fourth in the nation. And even today, if you go to an Amy Grant show, she sings this song as the last song in her set. And it goes like this. Think of your fellow man. Lend him a helping hand. Put a little love in your heart. You see it's getting late. Oh, please don't hesitate. (laughs) And the world will be a better place for you and me. Just wait and see. Take a good look around. And if you're looking down, put a little love in your heart. I hope that when you decide, kindness will be your guide. See, even Christy knows this song. And the world, and the world, for you, just wait. I, just, I was going to sing it today, but I thought you guys probably had enough of my singing today. This is a great anthem for all of us and good advice. When we're looking down, when things are not going well for us, put a little love in your heart and take care of your fellow man, and the world will be a better place. It kind of reminds me of what we talked about last week when we were talking about God's purpose for us. What is God's greater good and purpose for us? Do you know that only one out of every three people have a clear purpose for getting up in the morning? That's very sad for me. When I heard that, it made my heart hurt. And so um, I was reading this fellow who asked the most important questions. He said, do you know um, what are the two most important dates in your life? Number one, huh? Your birthday, of course. Wouldn't matter much if you weren't here with us. And a lot of people will say, next is the day you die. He says, no, no, no. It's the day that you discover what God brought you to earth to do. That next important date is the date you find for your life purpose. A purpose is fundamental for our health and happiness. And we began last week unlocking our purpose through looking at Scripture and we use Jeremiah 29, 11. Now, if you need to pull it out, I ask you to start trying to remember this verse. You could go to your pew Bible on 717. If you don't know yet, Jeremiah 29, 11, let's say it together. You ready? For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for your welfare and not for harm. To give you a future with hope. I want you to let that sink in for just a moment, because that means that each and every one of us were born with a purpose. 
We have a purpose in life given by God. And the Bible says that our life purpose is to be ever aware that you were made by God for God. Be ever aware. And when we get this, when you really get this, then you have a sense of purpose and your life changes. You were made by God for God. God has placed each one of us in this planet at this particular time, in this particular place, to do God's good work on the earth. God is our origin. God is our meaning. God is our purpose. God is our significance. God is our destiny. And the Bible says that before we were born, God planned this very moment of our life. It is no accident that you are here. And God longs for us to discover that purpose for our life. God created us with unique abilities, each one of us. Some can sing, some cannot. Kathy welcomes you to sing in the choir either way. But it's true. And our duty is to figure out what our unique skills and talents are, to tap into all the resources, to refine and perfect this world that we live in, to make it a home for God. That is revolutionary, people. If you begin to think your whole job in life is to make this world inhabitable for God. Sometimes I don't think we're doing such a great job with our plan and purpose. And this is the purpose of human life, according to God's word. This week, we're going to look at God's value system and consider whether God's values are our values. So again, we'll look to scripture to read about God's value And I found the perfect verse for God's value. You don't even have to look it up, do you? (laughs) Susan's back there. John 3.16, I think everybody knows it. Will you say it with me? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have everlasting life, have eternal life. This is the word of God for the people of God. Do you ever think about what God values? And why is it even important to us to know what God values? Now, we pray regularly in the Lord's Prayer. How many of y'all have that memorized? We pray the Lord's Prayer, and every time we pray it, morning, noon, or night, it tells us part of what God values. When we say these words, Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And that's our prayer, to live into God's values so that we can experience God's kingdom on earth. We pray it every Sunday. Some of us pray it every day, that God's kingdom might come, God's will might be done, here on earth as in heaven. And when that happens, we are living into God's purpose and plan for us. But what does it mean When we looked at um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, Sharon, you read that, didn't you? She thinks she did. It says clearly, and uh, 1 Samuel says kind of the same thing. Where our heart is, that's where our treasure is, right? So if you think of this in terms of using Scripture to see God's character, God's plan, purpose, and values, what would you say about God's plan, purpose, and values found in those verses? Where God's God's heart is, there is his treasure. 
and God's heart is on you. How does that make you feel to know that you are God's treasure? I mean, I think if we hold this dear to us to live into God's kingdom, things can never be bad. Things can never be that hard because God values you. You're the apple of God's eye. You're where God has invested all his treasure so that on earth people might know God and experience God fully. I've even heard it once said that if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. Our values, our beliefs, our priorities, our views are all important in our life. Our values affect the very way we act and we base all of our decisions upon what we value. And as human beings, we're wired to act and react on our values to give us guidance so that we can live our life in, with moral implications, so that we can define how we want to live. Values are absolutely necessary for making every decision that you make. Think about the last few decisions you made. You made those based on your particular value system. There was a survey done in 2019. 44% of Americans, along with 45% of people across 34 nations, they said that belief in God is necessary to be moral and have good values. That's a pretty big percent, but I will venture to say that 100% Christians should believe that to believe in God will help you to have good morals and values. So we looked to John 3.16 to define for us what God may value. And it starts, the first three words are, God so loved. God so loved, and this is God's preeminent value and greatest, most profound, the deepest, most intense, and dominant value we find throughout Scripture. God so loved. From the beginning to the end of the Bible, we learned that God is love, that God's love is relentless. It's like God's a stalker. You can't get rid of God. God relentlessly pursues you and loves you. God created us in God's own image and likeness. And God pursued us even when we as humans fell short of God's glory and sinned. God still loves us every day when we still fall short of God's glory and sin. And God made a way, a way for every single one of us to be saved. That's how great God's love is for us. The width and depth and breadth of God's love for us. Let that soak in like a steady rain with no thunder or lightning. God so loved. There is nothing that we have ever done, nothing that we will ever do which will prevent God from loving us. And it doesn't matter how smart we are or how pretty we are, sorry Sharon, how caring we are, how wise we are, because nothing we can do or be or say will cause God to love us more. Because God loves you that much now. God first loved. And that's the message, the core message of Scripture. If you held it up, God first loved us. 
God doesn't demand we do anything to earn that love. We cannot earn it to live. But God's drawing us into existence because God loves us. God's drawing all the universe into existence because God loves what God made. God is love. And where there is love, there is God. And that's because God reached us first. John 3.16 further says this. God so loved the... God so loved the world. God values the earth. God values everything in it. And by the way, we are celebrating Earth Day this weekend, right? Did you get a free bag from H-E-B? You did? I was too late. God so loved the world that we are charged to take care of this planet. It reminds me that we need to be environmentally friendly to do our part to protect the earth. God so loved the world and created the earth and all the life within it and asked us in the first Genesis 127 to be caretakers of the world. That's our job. We are to take care of the world so that there'll be a world left for our children's children's children. Do we value the earth too? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's pretty heavy. God loved us, and it is nowhere more clear than in this verse that God loved us so much, God gave his only begotten son for us, freely, unprompted, undeserved, to take our penalty for the sin of the world. He loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. That's why we're here. God loved us and loved us enough to make it clear how he feels about us, stating his love and delight throughout the Bible, but revealing to us who God is. And Jesus gives us the real picture of who God is in fullness and grace and truth. And we should look to the incarnated Jesus to see how near the Father has come to us. The Son shows us the Father. And through Jesus, God who was once invisible is now made visible. When we look at Jesus, when we look at his character and values and compassion, we see God clearly and accurately. So let's go on. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever should believe. Okay. The love of God is unlimited because there's no stop button. Like that red button, there's no stop button to God's love. God loves us unconditionally, and that is why he sent his only begotten son to die for our sins. And whoever believes this, they won't die. They'll have everlasting life. We are destined to be loved by God and receive this gift in Jesus Christ. Nobody on earth can love us the way God does. And there'll be times, well, especially when we rely on other people, that they will disappoint us. They will make us question their love. But God's love remains unquestionable. And the way that God shows his love is so beautiful and he went to unimaginable lengths to prove to us that he loves us deeply. 
God sent God's only son to finish the work that through Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension into heaven, we call that atonement. If you break that word down, atonement, at one with God. Jesus came that we might be made at one with God when we were once separated because of our sins. God loves us. God longs for us to know that. So God sent Jesus, God's son, to be one of us, to become like us in every way but sin. So let's say it again. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. See, that's the good news of Christianity, God's unconditional love for us through Jesus. Regardless of who, what, where, when, God loves us. God loves us more, no more or less than he loves anybody else because Jesus lived and died and rose again, and Jesus reigns with God forevermore in showing us God's love. So God values love. Love for all people, love for the world, love for everything in it. So sometimes God's values are completely opposite of what we in the world value. So I want you to consider, God values kindness and respect for all people instead of power, disdain, intolerance, God values humility instead of status. God values honesty and generosity instead of deception and greed. God values self-control instead of self-indulgence. God values forgiveness over revenge. God values peace and goodwill among all people according to the plans he makes for us. And what God values, we can value. When we live like people with those values, then we straighten out the world. And we begin to make what mess we've made holy. We make it for God. We do it with God in mind. God values you. I repeat, God values you. And Jesus values you. Remember, for us, for you, for me, Jesus died on the cross that we might be made one with God. And that means that you are God's creation. Made in God's image. Look around. What a great imagination God had. He made you in God's very image. And God moved heaven and earth to make sure you could believe this great truth, this love of God through Christ. I pray you believe it and receive it. Last week, we explored God's purpose for our life, and it came down to this. Our purpose is to make the world inhabitable for God through God's people. That's a big job. But you're made to do it. And today, we learn that God's preeminent value is love. Love for all God's people. Yesterday, I was so blessed to be part of uh, 
the Pastor Summit, which is sponsored by Helotus House of Neighborly Services. They're that group that's Helotus Heavenly Hands. You know them. And they brought all these pastors together to talk about resources for the world. They came to talk about how do we care for God's poorest people, those who are hungry, those who are sick, those who have no clothes. And we heard about all kinds of wonderful ministries that they're doing in this city to express God's love toward people, all people, because God values people. So do we share the same value as God? Do we value people? Not just the ones that look like us or sound like us or even smell like us, but the people who are lost in this world. The people who are hungry not only for food, but for attention and for a word from God, and that's our purpose. That's why God put us here, to express God's love towards every human being. And so I ask you, this week, will you please make a difference? Make a difference to someone. Find a way to show God's love to others through sharing God's love in real and tangible ways. And you know what? It's as simple as taking a few minutes to listen to somebody. It's as hard as picking up the phone and making a call maybe even to somebody you're mad at, and express God's love toward them in a real way. God calls us to give freely of our time, our talents, our gifts, our service, and our witness to share what God's doing in your life too. So in the name of Jesus Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit, will you make it so? If so, say amen Amen. and amen. This morning we'll be reading responsively from Psalm 119. It will be found on page 841 in your pew Bible, and it goes on through page 400, excuse me, 843. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep God's testimonies, who seek God with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in in God's ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statute. Then I shall not be put to shame having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous ordinances. I will observe your statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. 
incline my heart to your testimonies and not to gain. Turn my eyes from looking at vanities and give me life in your ways. Confirm to your servant your promise, which is for those who fear you. Turn away from the reproach which I dread, for your ordinances are good. Behold, I long for your precepts, and your righteousness give me life. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then shall I have an answer for those who taunt me, and I trust in your word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your ordinances. I will keep your law continually forever and ever. And I shall walk at liberty, for I have sought your precepts. I will also speak of your testimonies before rulers and shall not be put to shame. For I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I revere your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Your testimonies are wonderful, therefore my soul keeps them. The unfolding of your word give light. It imparts our understanding to the simple. With open mouth I pant because I long for your commandments. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for you are just to those who love your name. Keep steady my steps according to your promise and let no iniquity Get dominion over me. Redeem me from my human oppression, that I may keep your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant, and teach me your statutes. My eyes shed streams of tears, because your law is not kept. Thy word is a Righteous are you, O Lord, and right are your judgments. You have appointed your testimonies in righteousness and in all faithfulness. My zeal consumes me because my foes forget your words. Your promise is well tried, and your servant loves it. I am small and despised, yet I do not forget your precepts. Your righteousness is righteous forever and your law is true. Trouble and anguish have come upon me, but your commandments are my delight. Your testimonies are righteous forever. Give me understanding that I may live. My word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my Uh, we are now going to uh, be doing the offering, and um, Cheryl always asks that uh, we give the reason why we give, and uh, I think the reason I give mostly is because I want to 
uh, kind of play it forward. Uh, we're talking about God so loved the world, and so it's really up to us to continue to give on their behalf, on the world's behalf. So now will the ushers come forward to receive our morning offering? Would you stand in body or spirit that we might sing this praise song to God called the doxology? May we bow in prayer. Creator of all we know and all we don't know, as we bring our gifts this day, we ask you to help us trust you more. Forgive us when we entertain the thought that our future lies in bank balances and the accumulation of stuff. Remind us that through Jesus we can trust in God so that our faith and trust are set on God and God alone. May our lives reflect that trust to others. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead and stay standing as we say our um, call to discipleship, which is our mission statement. And you have been called out as a disciple today, as a believer of Jesus Christ, with a purpose to change the world to be more like God's. Now, we do a lot to make this house look pretty for God, right? But what are we doing on the inside of our house to prepare a place for God so that others will be invited into this beautiful holy place. Consider that well as we say what our mission is when we go out into the world. Will you join me? The mission of Helotus Hills United Methodist Church is to grow and nurture disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of community and our world. It's a big, tall order, but I think that you were made just for that plan and purpose. Amen? Thank you for being part of worship this morning. It wouldn't have been the same without you. So I send you forth into this world to be God's very presence, proclaiming to all what God values, people, and love. Go forth under the power of Christ Jesus in that love. Amen? Amen. Let us go in peace.